everyone. Welcome to the Kyle for After Hours podcast, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the college campus and beyond. My name is Anna, and I'm hosting by myself today, but Erin is here to share her testimony with us, and I'm so excited for you all to hear it. Uh, we hope that hearing about what God has done in her life will be encouraging to you, no matter where you're at in your walk with the Lord. So Erin, thanks for coming today and being willing to share your testimony. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Just for listeners, Erin and I live together. We're roommates this year, and we're recording in our apartment. So we're really excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty comfy. It's a lot warmer than the office. Fuzzy rug. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Way warmer. (laughs) Yeah. Neat. Um, Well, Erin, how about you start with introducing yourself uh, by sharing what you do on staff here at OSU? Yeah. So I, like Anna said, this is my first year here. So my first quarter, and I am the outreach coordinator for our ministry here. So I get to plan like all our outreach efforts and our weekly outreach, um, going to the dining halls and just meeting new students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really exciting. That's good stuff. Yeah. And what else do you do? Do you lead, you lead a core? I do lead a core. core. I'm building a core. I got one girl that comes every week and we have really good Bible studies and growing in our faith and walking together. And, um, yeah. Cool. Sounds great. It's like a dream job. Honestly, yeah. It's so much fun. (laughs) That's cool. Awesome. Well, let's jump into your story. Where do you want to start? Um, well, my story actually kind of starts way back when I was like eight years old. So we're gonna have to go back in time a little bit. Um, and for a warning, there's a lot of like health challenges and some pain. So heads up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it kind of starts when I was eight years old. Um, just for reference, I am the youngest of three siblings. I'm an older brother and an older sister. We grew up on a farm. Uh, my parents actually still live on that farm. They still go to the same church we all grew up in. Um, and so when I was growing up, my faith was pretty much what my parents believed. Um, I didn't really have, didn't make my faith my own. Um, and that journey started when I was eight. So what happened or the transition to that was um, I got sick. We thought it was the flu. Um, it was actually like vacation or like school vacation. I just started right after third grade and the pain was like typical flu symptoms like throwing up, fever, um, body aches, headache, the whole thing. And um, That sounds awful. It wasn't fun, but I remember praying. So this is little eight-year-old Aaron. I remember laying in my bed that night and I was like, God, and I was like on my back, hands were clasped like on my chest and I was like, God could you please take it away? Can it be only a 24-hour flu? Because I really want to play with my sister. We called it called Horsies. It's a game. We, like, be on our hands and knees in the backyard acting like horses. I remember praying, like, I don't want to play Horsies with my sister tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, amen. It was almost, like, word for word verbatim of, like, my little prayer. And back then, um, the flu could only be 24 hours or seven days. Like, there was no in-between and there was no longer than that. So I was like, it has to be either 24 or, like, seven days. And I woke up next morning, didn't feel any better. But little eight-year-old Aaron really wanted to play horse season. So that next night, I prayed the same prayer. I was like, can you make it a 48-hour flu, even though it's not really a thing? Can you make an exception, God? And um, woke up the third day not feeling good. And at that point, I kind of gave up asking for it to go away because I'm like, we'll just have to wait the whole seven days. And I never had like so much confidence that I was going to wake up day eight in the morning, like totally fine. Like I was like, it's going to happen. And when I woke up and I felt even worse than I did on day seven, 
I was just like, my whole world shattered. I was like, what's true anymore? Like I had the whole like faith crisis almost. Cause that was like the same level as like, Jesus loves you. It was like seven day flu was like the same level of truth that like Jesus loves you for me. Um, and so mm. when that like disappeared, I was like, okay, does Jesus love me? Like all the big questions started happening. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and it was hard cause doctors didn't know what to do. Um, anywho, so it turned into like a big challenge actually lasted five years. Um, wow. chronic stomach pain. 24 hours turned into five years. Yeah. It wasn't constant. Um, but it mm. was every day I was in some sort of like nausea or needing to throw up or unable to move or stomach um sharp pain or something like that it was it was a lot um I missed a lot of school um my friendships didn't so much like go away as they just kind of faded because I didn't really I wasn't able to hang out with my friends anymore um and you know during this time we had people at our church constantly praying for us which then always raised the question of like god do you love me because people are praying and yet you're not answering the prayer I was praying nearly every day. I was getting more cynical by the day. Um, And it was really hard seeing your parents, especially my mom, because she was a stay-at-home mom, um, be like my caretaker, quote-unquote, because I couldn't really do much. I really, Mm -hmm. there was days where like I couldn't even like reach for my water glass. That was like right beside my chair I was sitting in because I was that weak. And so it was hard seeing your parents go through that. And I questioned God's love because why would a loving God allow me to go through it? But like, more so why would he allow my parents to like witness this and my siblings to witness this so it was a lot of struggle um around year three at a actually let me back up a second I didn't process my emotions going through all this I was like you said you didn't I don't yeah Mm -hmm. I I had a really bad habit of uh emotion would happen and I would almost like file it away I'm like we're gonna deal with it later Mm -hmm. and then this was like in a, like, imagine like a filing box. Okay. The box would get full. Then I'm like, mm, let's not go through it. We're going to throw it in the trash. So then we throw it in the trash and the trash would get full. And then I have like an emotional breakdown. <laughs> so this happened about every three months, almost like like clockwork. Um, and at one time, like three months happened and it was like, this was a particular morning. It was probably like year three of the five years. And I was about, oh gosh, 11 or 12. So maybe it was year four. And I remember it must have been during the summer because, or excuse me, during the school year, but like warmer months because I remember it was sunny outside. But my mom was in the kitchen, she was cooking, and I was like having a pretty good morning, actually. It was only like queasiness, so it wasn't too nauseous, and like I was having a pretty good morning considering to the other ones. And then all of a sudden, the nausea hit. And it wasn't a ton, but it was kind of like the straw that, you know, broke the camel's back. It was just a little bit. Hmm. And... I went going to my room. This is how I dealt with it. I never cried in public. So I went to my room, shut the door, went to my closet, shut that door, sat on the floor and just cried. And that's usually how I dealt with my emotions. And I remember I was crying. I was angry at God. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. What did I do to make you mad? I was, you know, please tell me what I did. I'll never do it again. The whole, like, Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't understand at all, like, how God loved me. I really didn't think he did. And there came a point... So I was sitting um, with like on my, I was sitting down on the ground. My back was rested against the wall and my hands and my head were like in my knees. So I was kind of in that position and I was crying for like probably 15 minutes, just like Niagara Falls. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was not pretty crying (laughs) and going through all the emotions of like, God, do you love me? It feels like you left me. 
Um, I feel very alone. What did I do to make you mad? And then I just felt like a really strong urge of like, I'm just going to get on my knees. So I turned and I got on my knees and my head to the ground and I was still crying a lot. So like, it was hard to breathe actually because like, you know, sinuses and everything. But um, I was doing that and I was praying more and I was like, God, please just like help me. I feel like I'm falling and I feel like you're not catching me. And then all of a sudden, as if someone were to like blink or like snap your fingers, like in a blink of an eye, my mind went blank. Um, never ever had to go blank like that before. I couldn't think of anything. And I remember like trying to, this is really weird. I remember trying to think of something as if like a wheel was trying to move forward and something was blocking it from going forward. Um, and then like I had a piece come over me and then over my right shoulder, um, I heard a voice, an audible voice outside of me say, I got you, I got you, Aaron. And it was like a quieter voice, but a very like confident voice. And then I felt a left hand um, rest on my left shoulder. And I legit just started shaking and crying. And then like, no one's in the room with me. And I looked down, no one was there. I looked like behind me no one was there and I still felt the hand very tangibly on me and um then I felt two arms like the hand like wrap around me and were hugging me and I just started crying more because I was like this is God like God met me here and I felt so unworthy to be touched by him to have him speak to me um let alone have him hug me um that was my first actual experience with God and I would like to say that, like, my faith was restored and everything was fine afterwards, but um, it wasn't. It was a great moment. Actually, I didn't tell anyone about it. I, like, left my closet after recovering from the whole experience and didn't tell anyone until um, hmm. years later. Um, but the pain came and went. Um, the pain didn't go away that day, which I struggled to understand after a while. But I think what God was—actually, I know he actually told me um, years later— asked him I'm like why didn't you take the pain away in that moment and he's like Aaron if I had taken the pain away you would have thought that all the years that were going to come that you were in pain that I wasn't there with you but I wanted to teach you that even in the midst of pain I'm right there with you which is something I like really needed to hear and um that was a huge blessing of a lesson to learn because after we finally found out that all the stomach pain was due to food allergies, believe it or not. Um, and that was like subsided. We figured that out. Um, the ironic thing is that when we figured out that it was food allergies, I didn't give credit to God and how we orchestrated. Um, if you did hear my mom share the testimony, she's like, doctor's appointments, like we couldn't get in. And all of a sudden they would open up and doctors and like the receptionists were shocked at like doctor appointments were like all of a sudden available for us to go to. Like wow. it was incredible me I'm just you know I have only my side of the story but for her it was like it was totally God orchestrated that we figured out it was food allergies and for me I had the viewpoint of like oh the doctors figured it out it wasn't God so even after like the whole stomach five years I still thought it was a doctor's and God didn't have anything to do with it um I had one week of no pain it was February 2009. Mm. Um, it was wonderful. I started on a Monday. I remember very clearly. And I remember feeling like I was floating on the clouds. I was like, oh, God, this is great. I'm so happy. Like, all this stuff is wonderful. And then the next Monday, around 10 o'clock in the morning, I got a headache. 
I was like, I literally thought to myself and I was like, well, welcome back to reality, Aaron. You can't be pain free forever. And um, I figured it'd just go away. I took some ibuprofen and it did. Um, and that started having like off and on headaches for about seven months. Dang. And then um, two days after Thanksgiving, so the 28th of that year, I woke up with a headache and that one didn't go away for four and a half years. So I was in constant pain um, for four and a half years. And the pain severity did vary, but it never went, if you were to like do a scale of one to 10, it never went below a five. It was always a five or higher. And frequently it went to like seven, eight, nine. Wow. Um, so that was a harder challenge because it's one thing to be in off and on pain, but it's another thing to be in constant pain that varies. Um, so a lot of like mental challenges with that. Um, and once again, doctors didn't know what to do. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, and that's never a fun feeling when you think you're, all your trust should be in doctors. That was another lesson I learned is like doctors are figuring it out as they go. They really don't have all the answers. Your parents don't know everything. Like all these things that um, usually you learn when you're older. I had to learn at a younger age. And you just have to trust God more. And it's really hard when you like don't hear a clear answer from him from him for so long um but you know the bible says that jesus loves you it says that jesus is your comforter that he's your peace and you know i just clung on to the truth that the bible was saying because i'm like god you say you say these things so i'm going to trust that this is true it wasn't easy um during the headaches um so it was about a year of the headaches. Um, Mind you, actually, education-wise, I'm in high school at this point, and I couldn't um, go to in-person classes, so I had to do online high school because the stimulation was too much. It just made the pain all the more worse. Um, And I had chronic shoulder pain, I had neck pain, I had additional pains besides just the headache. And so I was in a lot of discomfort most of the time. Um, Relationship with my parents was good. I mean, for the most part, it was them taking care of me all the family stuff had to work around how Aaron was feeling Hmm. Um, so I felt they didn't make it say this that I was like a burden or an inconvenience but I felt like one because I was the reason why we couldn't have more Christmas presents because my health um, all the doctor's appointments and tests and exams were thousands and thousands of dollars a year and so I became very expensive um, just to take care of Um, and my brother and sister didn't know how to interact with someone who's in a lot of pain all the time, which I don't fault them for that. I don't know how I would interact with someone either. Um, I wasn't the easiest person to be around. So um, just a little family context for what's going on. And I didn't really have any friends um, that I could hang out with. And ones that understood what I was going through, no one understood what I was going through. The closest person was my mom, but even then she wasn't experiencing the pain, um, but she was the one that would witness all the exterior um, exterior things um so about year four of the headache we went to the doctor started having some pain in my arm and in my fingers and we're like well this is weird so we go to the doctor doctor's like let's take a blood test let's just see if it's like autoimmune disease related and it comes back like okay you have a precursor to a disease called scleroderma which is a connected tissue disease and in the crudest way that my doctor phrased it. She's like, Aaron, this is pretty crude, but basically 
as it gets worse, you're going to turn into a human statue because it's just going to thicken all your tissue and you won't be able to move. Um, she's like, but you're not there yet. You don't have it officially yet. So we're going to do everything we can to prevent that, which is basically don't stress out. I was like, well, that's hard when you're in chronic pain. <laughs> so I was like, we'll see. <laughs> um, it took a few years and then it developed into the actual disease. And... I was like in denial for about six months. So mind you, I still have the headache. I'm in my first senior year of high school. I had to take two senior years because I had to take a reduced workload. Um, and I remember I got the diagnosis, I think it was like March. I think it was March and, or February. And um, a couple months later, well, in April 11th, 2014 is when the headaches disappeared. Meaning that we finally found a treatment that worked. Um, it's actually laser treatment, believe it or not. Um, the laser acts like deep tissue massage, but even deeper, and it works faster. So it's like five minutes, three times a week for three weeks, and the headaches were gone. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. I can go into like further detail at another time, but if you have questions, just reach out. Technology is cool. Seriously, though. Wow. Yeah. And that was crazy how we like found that doctor, too. Like, how it just orchestrated. It was like, there's no way it could not have been gone. Like, in mm-hmm. retrospect, in hindsight, it's just like, yeah. Um, so, anywho, about a month later, my headaches went away. So, then I was just focusing on the autoimmune disease. I'm like, okay, how's this going to, like, factor in? And my doctor is like, okay, read this book. It talks more about, like, what the disease is. It has a few, like, four or five testimonies in it. Like, it'll give you a better picture. Kind of like. So, at this point, you're, like, officially diagnosed with it? Or... Um, I still had the precursor, okay. but I was, like, borderline had it. So if, like, on the marker scale, let's say it, having a number 10 meant you had it, I was, like, 9.9. Oh, I was, wow. like, really close, but I officially didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And because I officially didn't have it, they couldn't treat me because if they started treating me, my body could um, adapt to the treatment, and then it would be ineffective towards the disease. Gotcha. So um, we just had to be patient. And we're praying it didn't happen, like actually didn't happen. But um, so at this point, she's like, read this book. So I started reading the book and I was like, this disease can't be real. Like, it sounds so fiction. It's like so crazy and scary that I'm like, there's no way this could be real. Why would God allow this disease to exist? You know, I really don't have an answer for that. But um, at that time, and it was really hard to like wrestle with. I was kind of in denial for six months. And I'm like, I don't have it because I don't have any symptoms. There's no way I have this. And um, it was October, the first week of October that year, I think, yeah, 2014. And I got my first symptom, which was a thickening of my nails, which was a really mild symptom. I mean, like, you can survive with that. But for me, it was like my world came crashing down. And I tried to, like, clip my nails because they grew long. And so I was trimming them, but I had to apply, like, twice the amount of pressure just to, like, cut through the nail. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, what the other people in the book like this was their first symptom multiple of them and I was like it's begun essentially and I kind of spiraled into like a deep depression um I had suicidal thoughts multiple times and it was just a week like by God's grace it was only a week but every day I was like breaking down like three or four times a day like uncontrollable crying I was just like this is it like what's my life gonna be like am I seriously just gonna be like chair bound unable to do things um, am I going to be able to, like, go to college? Am I going to be able to have, like, a family, get married? Because I don't want to die at a young age and, like, my husband, like, with kids. You know, I was just, like, all the things started going through my head. Um, I was like, what's the point of it all? And I'm like, well, you know, you just end your life now. And then, like, 
healthcare costs that your parents are like paying thousands for would stop. So they start like saving money more. They don't have to see their child go through all this pain anymore. Sure, they'd be sad, but they'd get over it. Like literally all this, I made a list in my head of like all the things that was like, that would benefit quote unquote of me dying. And I remember stopping and I was like, this, I'm in my room at this point by myself. And I remember like stopping and I'm like, okay, what's the, why do I, why don't I kill myself? And I just started crying really hard because I'm like, God, forgive me. The only reason I don't want to kill myself is because I want to live. And um, I remember sitting on my bed and just like at this realization, it's like, I want to keep fighting, but I don't know why. And then all of a sudden I hear this like soft knock on the door. And my mom's like, hey, sweetie, I'm just checking on you. And she like sees me crying. She's like, honey, what are you doing? And she walks over and like sits beside me. She's like, if you ever get like this or ever feel like this, you come find me. You're more important than anything else that's going on. And I just, and I, she's told me that countless times throughout the years. And I was like, I know, mama. She's looked, she's like, she nudged me. She's like, look at me. And I like looked at her. She's like, do you believe me? And I'm like, I believe you. She's like, okay. And then she prayed for me. And she sat with me until I was like, regained my strength. Um, and I didn't have any more suicidal thoughts that week. Um, but I had another really bad breakdown. Because at this point, I was really trying to figure out, like, God, do you still love me? Like, all the questions start coming back. Um, and I got down on my knees multiple times that week, just, like, begging God to, like, intercede. Answer me, please, something. Um, and one night, my mom was, like, trying to console me again. She prayed for me. And she was kind of, like, at wit's end because she had been doing that all week. I mean, this is probably, like, ten times that week she had been, like, sitting with me in the midst of tears, just, like, praying for me. And um, she's like, how about we call Nana? who's my dad's mom, very, very strong woman of faith, incredible woman, um, and I was, like, kind of half-heartedly, I'm like, okay, in between the sobs, you know, I'm like, okay, she calls Nana, she's, like, warning her of basically, like, Aaron's in a really bad spot, um, but I think it'd be really good if you talk with her, and so, um, my Nana was really patient, because it took me a bit to gain composure to actually talk, and in a very delicate way, she asked if I tried to end my life. And I told her I thought about it a couple times, but not anymore. And then she got on her, like, oh, gosh, like, mom voice, which I've never really heard before because it's, like, it's Nana. <laughs> um, she's, like, Aaron, I want to gra- grab your Bible. I was, like, okay. She, like, opened to Philippians 4. I was, like, okay. And she read the passage, um, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Mm-hmm. She read it, and then she, like, I think she read it like three times actually to me. And she's like, Aaron, verse seven is a promise God made to you, which is like, so she read verses um, four through nine. And in verse seven, where it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And she's like, Aaron, this is a promise God made to you. She's like, I need you to highlight that. And I want you to underline that. And anytime you're feeling like this, sad or um, lonely or just confused I want you to read these verses because I want you to be focusing on what God wants you to focus on which is something that is true something that's noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely admirable um, excellent or praiseworthy which is verse eight she's like think about such things I was like okay Nana and the incredible thing that I didn't know I needed in that moment was to be reminded of a promise God made because I couldn't think of a single promise. I remember earlier that day, I was like, God, what promises did you make us? Because you say you keep your promises, but I don't know what a promise that you kept or like that you made to us that I can hold on to. And then she pointed that out. And um, I read that 
we hung up. I mean, we talked for a long time. And then when she felt like I was stable enough to um, end the call, we did. She prayed for me, and then we hung up. And I read those verses again, I think like three or four times. And then my dad came into the living room, and he's like, Hey, Erin, you know what you should do? You should look up in the Bible concordance and look for um, like words about health or healthy, healing, those kind of things. And basically what that does is like in the back of your Bible, you can um, look up those words and then it'll tell you the verses in the Bible that have those words in it. He's like, that way you can have encouragement from times when God did heal people. And so I started doing that because all of a sudden I had like this like renewed strength and vigor and like excitement to like read the Bible and know God more. Like all of a sudden, like it just came in like a whirlwind. So I like opened my Bible and I started like pouring it over and it was like, came like around 11 or 11 30 my parents like came in they sat down in the living room and I'm just like in the bible marker like highlighter and like pen and just like underlining and just like absorbing everything and they're like hey Aaron maybe it's time to go to bed you know they're just like <laughs> you know sleeping's a good thing I was like okay okay yeah in a little bit and then my mom's like okay honey I'm going to bed and so she went to bed she gets up at like four in the morning and my dad just sat there with me and just kind of like taking in the moment I guess and after a little bit, he's like, Aaron, I think it's time to go to bed. You can do this. You can do this in the morning. I was like, okay. And I like left everything open, all the books open, which I'm very type A. So normally I close everything and organize everything before I head out. But <laughs> um, I was like, I don't want to like mess anything up. And in the morning I got up like, oh my gosh, I think it's like six or 530 or something. And I went out to the living room. That was the first thing I did. Still in PJ, still like hiding anything or anything. And I just started pouring over again. And that was starting to be like a renewed, like a turning point in my walk with God. I was like, okay, God, you've healed people. This is something you can do. I'm going to trust in that. And honestly, like my story is a lot of just like trusting God when everything the world screams at you to trust in doesn't work and it fails you. And the only, God's the only one that when I put his trust in him, my trust in him, he's the one that actually came through. Um, he's the one that actually provided comfort that lasted and that was persistent. Um, yeah, I'm still learning it. Um, there are times when I forget and I want to like start doing stuff on my own or be like, oh, it's okay. I can trust in this. And God's like, no, you can't. And then I have to learn all over again. But, um, yeah. So, um, we started treatment for the scleroderma because I did become... It wasn't just like on the scale again. I wasn't a 9.9 and I wasn't a 10. I was like a 30, you know, I became like really positive for it. It was kind of a jump. Um, and this was a couple months later. And so we started seeing a doctor in California um, and that started with the treatments. And then, but like my renewed passion for wanting to know God more, like truly know him, not just the concept of, or the idea of him that I, I could un understand. I want to like know who God was. That continued. Um, there were high, highs and lows of like, I was really persistent in reading my Bible and there's some days like I didn't do it. Um, but for the most part, the overarching, I was like, really wanting to go closer to God. And um, I graduated high school, which felt like a huge relief. And I actually wanted to go to um, missionary training college. And my parents were like, Erin, being a missionary with all your health things, that doesn't sound smart. Maybe you should choose something more practical. 
and I had developed a passion for nutrition. It actually stemmed out of an eating disorder I had um, during high school, but God healed me from that too. Um, And so, but I still had this like interest in nutrition. And so I was like, okay, well, what could I do with nutrition? I could become a registered dietitian. Okay, let's do that. And so I started looking for colleges for that. And all the one, the one I really wanted to go to was North Dakota State University. Um, I actually visited. It was beautiful. I fell in love with the campus. I still really want to go back, but it gets like, oh gosh, negative 20 to 30 there on a regular basis during the winter. Oh, that's cold. I can't survive that. (laughs) So (laughs) we said no to that. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) And um, we looked at a few other places, but basically settled at Central Washington University. And when I got there, my brother actually had attended there. And he got involved with Chi Alpha. And I got to see, like, his faith and his walk with God grow as he was at college. And I got to see other people that I'd known who didn't do that, who grew up Christian, really walk away from God. Because during college, it's amazing. If you put God's priority, you go closer to him. But if you don't, it's amazing what grabs your attention and how you can just drift and drift really far before you realize where you're at and what you're doing. Um so I got involved with Chi Alpha, and um, it was really good. I really loved it. My first year, I was part of a core of, like, eight girls, and I was, like, quote-unquote, the longest Christian there. I don't know how to say that. Like, I'd been a Christian the longest in our, our group. Like, even wow. the Corfas had been Christians, like, four years or something like that. Like, they came to faith in college. And so um, that was, like, really eye-opening for me. And, like, some of my friends were not even Christians yet that were in our core group. Or they gave their life to Christ, like, the last year. Or last year, and I hadn't met them yet. Um, So it was really cool um, getting to see that. And I just, like, started developing a really strong passion for wanting to disciple girls and see them grow um, with God. And the staff there, like, asked me, Erin, do you want to be a Corfa? And I was like, No. <laughs> Not at all, actually. Um, and they're like, "Well, you should pray about it." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, fine." And I was like, "God, do you want me to be one?" And really, it was kind of like when you look at someone, and you shrug. You're like, "Do you really want me to be one?" I don't think you do. I don't want to be one. Let's not do it. You know, I wasn't really asking him. It was more like I'm saying no. And um, during one worship night at Chi Alpha, it was like one of those worship nights where worship goes longer. The spirit's just really moving in the room. People are, like, pulling off to the sides and praying for each other. And, like, some people are crying. You know, it's, like, it's the whole thing. And I was like, you know what, God? I have a moment here with you. And I was like, do you want me to be a Corfa? And I just stood there. And I felt two hands um, on my, like, upper back. Kind of, like, on my shoulder blade. Yeah, around my shoulder blades. And they, like, pushed me forward to the point where I had to brace myself against, like, the chairs in front of me. And I'm returning around thinking, like, what on earth is going on in here? Like, y'all need to calm down. Like, we're getting too rowdy. And the people behind me were, like, sitting down and, like, praying for each other. And, like, it was a very emotional time for them because they were crying. I was like, oh, it's definitely not them. Huh. And, like, I look off to my left and, like, two girls in my core are, like, praying for each other. I'm like, okay, it wasn't them. I look off to my right and my, like, um, two other girls in our core were praying. It wasn't them. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm listening. <laughs> I was like... I guess I'll say yes. You touched me again. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and honestly, it was wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. I did it. I did the training. I really enjoyed it. It was a challenge. I will say that. One of the things I've noticed is like every time God asks me to step forward in obedience to him, I feel all the more like ill-equipped or like very aware of my weaknesses. And God's like, it's okay. I'm here with you. Like just rely on my strength and it's going to be fine. But I always have a tendency to want to rely on my own. Um, but I did that for a year and then I graduated but before I graduated, they are like, Erin, you should do the internship with Chi Alpha. You would be a wonderful campus pastor. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> that was even a harder no. I was like, I'm going to do a dietetic internship. I'm going to be a registered dietitian. I'm going to go into the workplace. And I'm hopefully going to do, like, mission trips during the summer. Like, that was the plan. And um, I told my parents what people were telling me to do the internship. And they're like, yeah, no, don't do it, Erin. Like, <laughs> go into the workplace. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I couldn't, like get it out of my head like people didn't really persistently ask me um especially when I said like please stop telling me to do it they were really like okay yeah we won't do it but I couldn't get it out of my head I was like okay god please just answer this prayer like should I do it or should I not and it took a year before he answered me which was really annoying because a year was a really long time um this was my senior year before I graduated and there's a deadline for the national office for you to like apply and everything and I had told Michael, my director, I was like, hey, I decided not to, like, it was just back and forth. And he's like, okay, Aaron, you know, like, we understand, we wish you the best with, like, where you're going. And um, it was a week before the national deadline, and I was like, it was a Sunday morning, and I woke up, and I'm, like, seriously irritated to God at this point. I'm like, why didn't you just answer me? Like, I said no, but I don't feel like you're supporting that, and I can't really tell why, but you also didn't say yes, so please answer. <laughs> um... <laughs> And this Sunday morning, I was like, I woke up wide awake, which is unusual because I wake up groggy. And I woke up on my back, which is also unusual because you really wake up on my side. And I was like, okay, well, you know, this might be a moment. I was like, okay, God. And I literally said this out loud in my room, like talking voice like I am now. And I was like, do you want me to do Chi Alpha internship or do you want me to do dietetic internship? And I looked at the clock and I had 30 minutes before I had to get up, get ready for church. I was like, okay, God, you have 30 minutes. Let me know. I literally just laid there. Also, wow, you're sassy. With uh, yeah, me. I was. Yeah, don't do that. By the way, that's don't do that. Learn from my mistake. Because shockingly, he didn't answer. <laughs> um, and I got even more irritated because after the thirty minutes, I'm like, fine. Now I have to get ready to go like praise you, like sarcastically and everything. Um, and I got. I know it was bad. And I got ready, and I came back to my room, and um, I still had like. 10 minutes, 15 minutes before I had to go pick up my friend Vanessa, one of the core girls I was discipling for church. And um, I had like sat down at my desk and it was one of those quarters that you take every spare moment to study because it was just, it was a heavy quarter. So I turned towards my computer. I'm like, I'm going to do some homework. And um, then all of a sudden, just like when I was in my closet and like in a blink of an eye, my mind went blank. And my mind went blank again. And like right then and there, I was like, oh, God's going to say something. And um, he didn't, I didn't hear an audible voice, but this time I had a picture. Some I call it a vision, um, but I had a picture in my head of um, a university campus. I actually don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I still can see the picture in my head. And it was like paved pathways. And I saw students walking, some in Paris, some by themselves, and they had backpacks on. And the buildings around them, I just knew they were campus buildings or, like, college buildings. Um, and that appeared in my head. And then that went away. And then a section of the world map popped in my head, 
which primarily was um, Eastern Africa with um, India in there, um, a little bit of, yeah, China in there, and then a little bit of um, like Korea, Taiwan, a little bit of Indonesia, like that section. And um, then that went away. And then I had the sentence pop in my head. So it wasn't audible, but it was very prominent in my head. And it's like, I'm breaking your heart for the nations. And I sat there and I just started crying because that was a prayer I'd prayed um, starting in sixth grade. I was like, God, break my heart for the people that are around me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd prayed that for, I mean, sixth, sixth grade, right? And so I was like, okay, God, is this you saying yes to the internship? Because it wasn't a yes or a no, but I'm like, I feel like this is you saying yes. So I'm like, you know, what? we're just going to take a leap of faith. And so I just started filling out the application for the Kyle Alpha internship. Um, and I was halfway through my last name. I was like on the R and my last name. And I felt, this is what I felt tangibly. It was like really thick, like honey or like some kind of syrup, but more like honey. And it started at the top of my head, like at the crown. And it covered my entire body and it was like liquid peace. That's the best way I can describe it. And I was like, this is what I wanted. This whole last year, like with this question, should I do the internship or dietetic internship? I was like, this is what I wanted. I wanted confirmation and I wanted peace and I wanted comfort with the decision. And I finally got it. And I was like, okay, God, we're going to take a step forward. We're going to do this, to me, a scary thing. And we're going to say yes. Um, so then I texted Michael. I was like, hey, I have some news. <laughs> and he's just like yay just get in the application before the deadline i was like okay (laughs) um and i told vanessa when i went to pick her up she's like hey how's your morning going like it's in the car and i'm like girl buckle up i got a story to tell you (laughs) and to this day we still chuckle about it but um yeah and you know did the internship year that was a huge growth year um anyone listening you're thinking about doing it like go for it it's really good um it's hard i will say that it's kind of like it shows all your weaknesses but then you have a loving mentor. It's like, okay, we're going to work on them. We're going to make you stronger so that you can know, help other people get stronger too. Um, it's a really humbling experience. And um, then I really, after that, I told Michael, I was like, I want to go to Africa. I was so adamant. I'm a very stubborn person. Um, <laughs> and so Michael's like, Aaron, I, I, God told me, he didn't say think. He's like, God told me that you need to go to OSU and join Dwight's pioneering team to Southern Oregon University. And I looked at Michael. I'm like, that's cool. I want to go to Africa. <laughs> and I like straight up, Michael's just like, okay, she just needs time. <laughs> Basically, he's like, let her have a moment. Um, and so uh, it took like a whole year, almost a whole year of my internship to like actually concede to the idea of going to Oregon. Because um, even we came and visited uh, back in the end of fall quarter, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet the team. And I'm like, these seem like cool people. I still want to go to Africa. And um, I remember talking it over with God. And I felt a peace about going to Oregon. So I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go. And after I did that, I just started seeing more and more of like, I wasn't quite ready to go to Africa. And so um, I still want to go. I don't know in what capacity I'll be going. But I think one day I'll be going. Um, either a short-term trip or long term I'm not sure but um and since being here at OSU I've been learning more I mean every stage of life with God you just you learn more and more about him and about how you can grow closer to him um 
you can get caught up in thinking like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. And God's like, really, all you need to do is focus on me, spend time with me, love me, because out of that love is how you're going to be able to love others. And really what I want you to do is show them Jesus. And it's like, it's pretty simple, but we complicate it with so much other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and since being here at OSU and just like a different environment, I've I've complicated my internal thinking a lot. And in the past like couple of weeks, God's like, Aaron, just calm down, come back to me, just rest with me. It's gonna be okay. Um, and it's been it's been really good. There's been, I mean, ups and downs, but. Um, well, awesome, Aaron. Thanks for sharing your story with us and helping make this podcast happen um, for sharing how God has worked in your life. We really appreciate you. We love having you on this team. Yeah, Thanks for sharing thank you. your story today. Um, so if you're out there listening, uh, we hope this episode encourages you in your own walk with God. Uh, feel free to email me um, with any comments or questions or topic suggestions at Anna at OregonStateXA.com or reach out to one of us in person. Um, and I'm sure Erin would love to chat with you more about her testimony. Oh, if yeah. you'd love to meet up with her and chat more about that. Um, so we hope you have a great week. And remember, even in the pain, God is with you. Mm-hmm.